Welcome into another episode of Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses. I'm Danny Jones. And I am Samantha Jones. And here we are, episode 69. 69. And what is the topic? This is the Philadelphia Experiment. Ooh, I love this one. Yeah, this is something I knew nothing about until I met you. Yeah. It's one of those things, you know, it's just, it is a conspiracy theory, but there, to <clears throat> me, there is more proof than more conspiracy that other conspiracies don't have. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's more proof here. There's a theory within this experiment, but it's not a conspiracy theory because it's fact that it happened. It depends on who you ask. It's been documented. If you ask, then then maybe they still deny it, though. So, yeah. So it is what it is. So they do consider it a conspiracy theory. I didn't write the book. They did. Yeah. So anyways, yes. Okay. That is our topic. That is episode 69. 69. Well, before we jump into it, how about anything from last week? Yes. Last week we did the Great Awakening. And I had a lot of people that messaged me on this and were just like, this is great. This is exactly what I was feeling. You know, you hit the nail on the head. Um, There was one person that messaged that asked, why would we choose to be here on Earth at this time with all of this going on? And... I don't I guess we didn't cover that really in the episode. So we maybe talk about that briefly, but we chose to come back at this time to help so that we could be light workers because mm-hmm. that's our job. Somebody had to come and do it. And there's souls that chose to come back in this time that aren't light workers just right. purely for the reason that this not from a mortal standpoint of view, I think, more from the other side standpoint standpoint is it's a very exciting time. Yes. Because there's, there's so on. much change all at once. Yes. So even if you don't put yourself into this category, this light worker category, and you're asking yourself, why are you here at this time? Like you said, it's probably, well, it is because you wanted to be here mm-hmm. because you want to learn and you want to experience these mm-hmm. things. There is a lot more to come too, you know? So there's a lot of growth and learning with, with this great awakening, you don't have to be a light worker to to see that, you know, no. or be going through the awakening even right. yourself to see that. Right. So, but yeah, I I know that that's probably a hard one for some people to understand. You know, why would you want to pick a time that's just so so harsh and cruel and you know? But I think too, when you reincarnate, you know, the way that it works out too, you're usually going through something pretty significant, anyways. <clears throat> it sounds kind of like chasing your Tale, yes. Um, but you will answer your own question when you go to the other side. Mm-hmm. You will tell yourself why you wanted to come back. Exactly. Nobody really is going to be able to tell you that. Right. But there is a reason. There is. And some people don't, they haven't found it yet and they will. And so they're still, you know, trapped in that space of, well, whatever. I don't really believe that, right. but you might get there. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one, though. I like that. Yeah, I like that question, too. Who shared that? Uh, That was Amy. Amy. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, that was a good question. So, But that's all I have from last week. All right. 
Well, how about episode 69? Let's do it. The Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah. We have watched a lot, um, listened to a lot, and done a lot of research on this. And it it is a wormhole because mm-hmm. it goes farther than I think a lot of people think it does. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think that, that knows about this maybe thinks that it ends with, you know, the ship reappearing and people, whatever, going on with their lives. But there's way more to this story. So right. very excited to kind of get into it. And something that. else that you share was a couple other people <clears throat> that weren't uh, American citizens that witnessed it that shared this yes and we will definitely get into that so, so yeah there is there is proof of this yeah. um you know go into it with an open mind if you don't know about it right. because this is definitely something that like if you would have brought this to me five years ago i probably would have been like no that's silly but once you start to open your mind and see that anything is possible and our government doesn't want us to know a lot of it because it would frighten us or you know some things they may just want to forget even exist. <laughs> so, and some of it is knowledge we don't know a lot about. Yeah. And we make mistakes and people die and strange things yeah. happen. We don't want to admit to it. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. So. so let me tell you, first of all, a little bit about what the Philadelphia Experiment is, if you're not familiar. All right. The Philadelphia Experiment is an alleged military experiment carried out by the U.S. Navy at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. Sometime, it started sometime around October 28, 1943. And I think we have so many different dates, so we're just going to say 1943 because yes. that is an inconsistency. Um, the Navy destroyer that this took place on was named the USS Eldridge, and it was claimed to have re- been able to be rendered invisible by not just radar, but physically as well, that it would be able to disappear right. uh, to enemy devices. This was during World War II. At the, the I think it was a couple of years into World War it's II. It's the peak of World War yeah. II. Yeah. So this was a way that they thought, well, we could you know take on our enemies without them seeing us coming. Well, they were afraid of German subs. They were afraid of the Japanese coming Mm -hmm. um, to bomb the West Coast, which if you look at history, like one of the largest gun mounts was mounted near the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge uh, to protect us. They never mounted that gun because the war ended, but they were interested in this because they weren't sure if the subs were going to be coming. Right. And those are obviously a lot harder to detect. Yep. So... At that time, radar was a new technology, too. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the reasons I think they kept this a little bit more hush-hush. Right. Was because it was like, well, this isn't even a known technology. Right. Uh, then, let's see. Uh, the U.S. Navy maintains its claim that no such experiment was ever conducted and that the alleged claims don't even conform to known physical laws. Well, <laughs> of course not. But see, here's the thing is I love this. Somebody can get on TV, not saying that that's what happened, but somebody can get on TV and say, this never happened. It doesn't even make sense. And people are like, okay. Right. If, um, if you were the military in 1943 and you wanted to do something like this at the height of a war, a world war to ensure that a madman like Hitler does not take over your country mm-hmm. along with a lot of other countries he was starting to conquer. You're pretty much going to open your mind to any possibility that could save us. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. If you were going to hire somebody that was just the most intelligent mind in the world at this period, 
I mean, who would the people you would think of to try to figure out how to do something like this? Right, exactly. Well, and, and we are really naive to think that they would tell us these things, right. really. Like, they have classified information right. for a reason. Mm-hmm. So this is probably a classified file that will never come out. Right. You know? Doesn't mean it didn't happen. <clears throat> well, so, they did hire somebody. Yeah. For this. Yeah. And that was Tesla. Right. They did hire Tesla, yeah. This is his invention, mm-hmm. his right. theory. Um, based a lot on Einstein's theories, too. Yes, that's actually what I was going to say next, actually. Mm-hmm. It was um, The experiment was based on unified field, field theory, and the, that was a term coined by Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. This term was used to describe an interrelated nature of forces, uh, that like electromagnetic and gravity. It's like when they're combined and become one instead of two. Yes. Is how they described it. Using frequencies... Yes. They were able to adjust the frequency of the ship and its contents to the frequency of this other. They kind of essentially created a false time zone. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, The testing began in the summer of 1943. The tests showed the USS Aldridge was rendered nearly invisible with some witnesses witnessing. the the generators abo- generators aboard this ship were designed to power a new kind of magnetic field, like we had just talked about, mm-hmm. that would make the warship invisible to enemy radar in broad daylight and in plain sight of nearby ships. This is exactly what happened. The USS Aldrich vanished into thin air. Four hours later, it appeared in no- Norfolk Naval Shipyard in Virginia and then reappeared back in Philadelphia. Right. It's pretty wild. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's the actual initial test, which is August. We're going to say August 13th, 1943. Yeah. There was a test the, the day issue. before August 12th. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've done it where, and they don't have guys on the ship and it works, except the only problem is there's one problem. You can see an outline, according to Ed. Yes. You can see an outline of the ship that almost looks like a black hole, mm-hmm. but so you, it's not totally invisible. You can't see the ship at all, but you can just see an outline around it. And then through it, it's just sort of like a little bit of water, but it's more like black hole-ish. Yeah. So that's when they said, we got to fix this. They go back to the drawing board for hours and yeah. decide to do it again on the, the final test on the 13th. Right. Um, and people that witnessed this on the 13th did say that they saw a bluish hue outline around the boat as it was leaving like a fog almost Mm -hmm. yeah and then when the boat returned and the sailors got off a lot of them complained of nausea some of them even they said they it was a quote in one of these articles that said went that some of these people went bananas is what they said um one of the craziest things was that some sailors were embedded in the metal structure of the ship. So pieces of them were embedded. Yes. So um, Ed said like 30, about 30, 35 sailors all together on the ship, mm-hmm. about 12 on deck. Yeah. And then the rest below. Right. He said five of the, the 12 on deck were like embedded or molded yeah, as exactly, one yeah. into the metal. Yeah. Five guys jumped overboard. Mm-hmm. There was a couple other he said some guys were walking around phasing in and out yeah. of visibility. Yeah. Like they were going into a different dimension and then coming back and all kind of 
not um, crazily walking around, but looking very disoriented, yeah, disoriented, nervous. Mm-hmm. Like, um, he was with his brother, yeah, in the control room at this time. He said it. You could see the the arcing within thirty seconds of turning it on. It looked like a lot of tubes. I don't know if anybody knows what old television tubes or amplifier tubes look like, but they're like glass and kind of like light bulbs. Yeah. The room was full of tubes, and these things started kind of arcing and sparking what they thought was like electrical sparks. Mm -hmm. Almost immediately, about 30 seconds into switching it on, he said about two minutes later, they go up to the deck to witness what you just described. Right. Is guys walking around, phasing in and out, um, Mm. some melted into the, what, you know, the ground. Yeah. The the metal, excuse me. There was one guy that I read about that when they when it started he was on deck and he was like transported down below but he was molded into a piece of steel so mm. that that's pretty crazy that's, yeah. yeah uh let's see so we've talked about that this is considered a conspiracy theory it says that skeptics dismiss it and conspiracy theories continue to they call the government out on it and the government wants nothing to do with it and they won't you know they won't talk about it so how do we prove it? We don't. It just kind of goes down as well, one of that's, those things. That seems to be the way of, yeah. you know, kind of governmental policies and um, classified things is that they just don't respond or just say, yeah, whatever. But you have people in Virginia, right, That or where it reappeared for four hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. So on the 12th, when it disappeared, it disappeared for... I think 20 minutes. Yeah, something like that. On the 13th, on the final one, it disappeared for four hours. Yeah, four But hours. you have witnesses that see it reappear in Virginia. Yeah. And then you have witnesses, like there's a gentleman uh, on a cargo ship or something uh-huh. going by. Yeah. Going by that harbor. Yeah. Uh, that worked for like a Brazilian cargo company, some, something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Witnessed it. He yes. didn't say this until years later probably in fear for his life. Right. Um, but he, he admits to it. Yeah, I think this is the same one. Are you talking about the one I told you about yeah, earlier? Yeah, okay. he says, I see it Yes, vanish. so his name is Morris Jessup, and he was a writer, and he wrote about UFOs. And he received over 50 letters in the mid-1950s from somebody calling himself Carlos Allende. Carlos claimed that he was aboard a merchant ship bound for Algeria, and witness the disappearance and reappearance of the ship. That's that's incredible testimony. Yes. And then, but then there's other testimony of people in Virginia that saw it appear there. Yeah, there, I don't have that, but yeah, there there were there were other witnesses. But the thing is, is that you're taking like I don't know. Let's say that ten people at most saw it happen. Maybe I don't know. Maybe more than that. Na- all the navy's gonna they have to do is nah, right? Nah, that's all. No, no. But there was other. There's other soldiers. Um, that I'm. I want to soldier sailor. Excuse me. Um, that I want to say Ed or Al. Let's just call him Al. Call him Al to make it simple. Uh, What's his name? Al mentions. I think later in one of his interviews that there are other sailors that came forward, but at this point there wasn't a lot of them still alive. Right. And Al Al's giving these interviews about 2000. Yeah. He didn't live much longer than that either. No, a lot of them were exposed to such high levels of radiation because of um, the magnets, the coils they were using. Yeah. And the systems they were using. uh, It was incredible. And they're essentially 
trying to go into hyperspace. Right. Well, when you're in a hyperspace, you're exposed to all kinds of radiation in 1943. Yeah. There's they no kind of protection. Know, yeah. The only really protection they had, and Al explains this, is today they make ships out of aluminum. Mm. Then they made them out of steel. Yeah. And steel will protect you from a lot more radiation yeah. than aluminum could. Yeah. So. Um, going back to what we were talking about, about Morris Jessup and and the letters that he got. So he kind of dismissed this guy as, you know, a liar or whatever, because um, Carlos could not produce any physical evidence that he actually saw this happen. Mm-hmm. So the guy just kind of wrote it off, right? Well, then in 1957, two naval officers from the Navy's research department contacted Jessup, claiming to have received a strange package containing a copy of one of his UFO books covered in handwritten notes claiming advanced knowledge of physics that linked extraterrestrial knowledge to breakthroughs in unified field theory. Jessup instantly recognized the handwriting as that of Carlos Allende. So... Carlos went in and he wrote everything that he knew, what he saw, Mm -hmm. and he sent it to the Navy. And, you know, again, they're just... Well, something I'd like to point out about this, the the project and the experiment by itself, all the sailors that were picked for this project were not the sailors that normally occupied those ships. Right. These guys were handpicked, just like Al and Duncan. Mm -hmm. Um. They were, I think he said they were PhDs. So he couldn't understand why they wanted to bring PhDs into this experiment. Well, and something that I found really interesting and one of the things that we listened to is that he wasn't originally set to go there. He was set to go to to Pearl Harbor, to Hawaii. Yes. And then they said in there that they knew that Pearl Harbor was coming or they had a feeling mm-hmm. it was going to be attacked and they didn't want him and his brother there. And so they sent them to Philly instead. They were using radar, but they weren't sure it was a reliable yeah. enough source to say we're, we're absolutely sure they're coming. Right. But they, pr- I think they were pretty sure that it worked. Yeah. And that they were coming. They didn't want to panic everybody. Yeah. Um, something else to keep in mind is that Van, New- Van Newman, who was... There was Tesla was head of the operation as far as design and and that whole thing. You had Van Neumann, if I'm saying it correctly, who was second in line. Mm-hmm. And then you had Captain Harrison. Mm-hmm. I I believe Captain Harrison was the captain of that ship uh-huh. before they brought this in, but his role was simply to operate the ship and do what they told them to do and not stick his nose in what was going on. Right. Um, Van Newman was a prisoner of war, essentially. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. He was... Oh, yeah. He was a submarine commander, captain, who they commandeered their submarine, and mm-hmm. he was taken, and as in a deal, not basically put into prison, he was used in our military, similar to... The NASA scientists yeah, that scientist. we got from Germany. Mm-hmm. Okay, both of these guys have admitted to knowing about other technologies not from this world yeah. that were back engineered to be able to do certain things. Right. That's very interesting that they put this man second under Tesla. Right. 
Tesla, when they did the very first test, there was actually three tests. Mm-hmm. The first one, they put no men on the ship. Uh, it went fine. They immediately wanted to go. They did it with, I'll take that back. There was three, there was no men on the ship. They did it all um, connected to wires on the dock. Mm-hmm. Then they said, we need to learn how to do this with everything installed on the ship. Yeah. That went successful. We want to build these ships. And then we want to put men on them. And Mm -hmm. Tesla was like, hold on a second. We have one successful test with cables, not with it built onto the ship. And you want to jump from putting, filling the ship up now? And he quit. Yeah. This is a very interesting story when you look at the way Tesla's life went. Yeah. In the end. We'll talk about that at a different time. Yeah, we're going to do a whole episode on Tesla. So he quits. That puts Van Neumann up he now is changing things in the design of tesla but again he has knowledge and he was hand-picked he's a guy that was trying to kill us in submarines for the german army and now we have hired him yeah so So he doesn't care that's interesting it isn't it though when you think about it yeah it, it, I think it takes people that don't really care about human life to have to. Well, of course. Know, I mean, that's well, why Tesla went. No, because he cared. Well, I think that America might have been embarrassed to admit that. Yeah. And so, no, it never happened. Right. I think time travel and all of this was a little bit ahead of the time for that. They didn't have the technology. They shouldn't have messed with it. Right. You know, they probably have messed with it a lot more than we know. There's, oh, yeah. There's a lot more. If this is really accurate information, because we're going to talk about Al Moore, if the information that he's giving is really, truly accurate, we don't know this even the slightest bit. Time no. travel is absolutely possible. Right. And I could see it. Why Why wouldn't it be? Why would all these other things, you know, be right. possible but not time travel? Well, and that's the part we haven't really even gotten into this yet. Right, exactly. Is Al and Duncan's story yes. um, about this. Right. So there is a movie. We have talked about it um, briefly. We did watch the movie. It is mostly science fiction but yeah. the basis is, you know, it, it shows what we've talked about really up until this point. It shows the brothers going overboard. They're not brothers. They're just friends in the movie. Right. And then it becomes kind of a love story and kind of a sci-fi Hollywood thing. always yeah. is to kind of creep in to what yeah. they think to keep your attention. So if you think that if you've seen the movie and that's what you know about the Philadelphia experiment, just know that that is not the true story from what we hear from L. This is, you know, there's a lot more to it. That's a Hollywood hype. Yeah. So <laughs> they had like not, maybe, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was. Oh, and so I wrote the movie was loosely based on Carlos Allende's narratives as he continued trying to talk to anyone that would listen. So that's where the movie came from. The guy that was on the merchant ship, or the uh-huh. writer, the the guy that went to the writer. Oh, okay, that okay, guy. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the movie's based on his. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Um, but then we bring in Al Bielik, okay? Who, so you know, his his uh, the name he was born with was Edward Cameron, which is why Danny had called him Ed a couple times. So yeah. we're just going to call him Al. 
Um, he was born in 1927. He was a very smart man. Uh, people that knew him when he was young said he was like a walking encyclopedia. He could have adult conversations at a very, very young age. He knew what was going on. And even smart. these interviews that he's giving at his age yes. in the year 2000. Very together. Mm-hmm. I've seen multiple of them, and he's right on yep. with each one. Like, he doesn't tell them different. No. He's and not all senile. Nope. and There's consistency. Oh, absolutely. Which tells you that he's not bullshitting us because right. there's consistency. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, so he joined the Navy because he wanted to help fight the Nazis, right? Um, he... And so why don't you talk a little bit about what you know about him? Because I think you know more about him. Um, that's pretty much the basis of what, what I got. But he was one of the men on the ship, like you had mentioned. Yeah, him and his brother were both assigned to this job. How they? It's interesting that they kept two brothers together. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe they had the same interests, same line of work. And yeah, that's cool. My understanding was they were PhDs. Uh, or they were studying to be PhDs yeah, in the military. Yeah, they were pretty young for that. Um, but he said he couldn't understand why they wanted their role in this project right so none needless to say they go they do it that's their job yeah so like you said they're they thought they were going to pearl harbor and all of a sudden they're not right they're going back right um they end up there they're told what they're gonna do they did have a lot of um I think a lot of clearance in what they were being shared as opposed to a lot of the other sailors that were going to be involved in this test. Probably, yeah. But like I said, they were all handpicked. They were not the normal um, sailors that occupied this particular ship. Right. They were brought in. And the reason for that was is so the military could keep track of each one of these guys. Yeah. To know their, a lot about them. Yeah. Just about maybe... Their health prior to, afterwards, they could track them, Mm -hmm. families, things like that. Yeah, Um, they didn't use the same two guys, if I understand correctly. Like the one ship, the the first round where they tried to, they didn't use those same ones on the next one. Yes, the only two that were used twice was uh, these two, Alan, Duncan, Mm -hmm. and Van Newman, and all these guys. Yeah, the rest of them were not. So. Anyways, so anyways, Al and Duncan are on the ship and and the, they switch it on and things are starting to spark and arc and they're not sure. Now there's there's radio communication to sh- witnessing ships. Okay, they're at some island. They're near some island right off the harbor, I think is where they kind of were doing this. So they lost radio contact and couldn't. Well, were we supposed to turn it on? Are we supposed to turn it off? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, we're supposed to turn it off now or leave it on? Yeah. And so that's when they decided to go up on the deck to see what was happening. Uh, that's when they saw people infused into metal, um, people in coming in and out of visual, um, yeah. phasing in and out of visual. He said what it appeared to them standing on the ship was like a real heavy fog about yeah. two or three feet out from the bow or the edge of yeah, like you know, a the side of ship, fog, yeah. just like a fog, mm-hmm. a, a gray fog. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really appear like anything was crazy was happening yeah. in the movie. It's much more different. They oh make yeah, you, way they more make dramatic. you feel like you're in some sort of vortex or black yeah. hole looking thing. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't the case. So they add panic, and they they jump overboard. 
Alan, I would have done the same thing. Alan Duncan. Yep. And about, I think he said five other sailors did the same. Yeah. <clears throat> they fall through this fog. He says it feels like they're falling for a, a while. I don't know how long a while is. He just says, feels like we're falling for a while. This is where the movie pretty much... The realistic part of the movie ends. Yes. And we, now, now this yeah. is all based on Al. This is based claim. on yes. So they jump off and they land. Uh, they eventually kind of. It's not like they hit the ground. He said that the fog just kind of clears, and they're standing. They're in a hospital, and it's twenty one thirty seven. And him and his brother Duncan are in a, adjacent beds for six weeks. Uh, they're in main beds for about four weeks and then the hospital in general for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, he spends a lot of time watching television, seeing what's going on. Um, he never went outside, but he could ask a lot of people that worked there a lot of questions. And like I said, television, he said from the out from looking at things, not much looked hugely different. Yeah. Um, as far as the technology, television was hanging from the ceiling, like on a swivel, yeah, know, swivelable post. Yeah, uh, they had a remote control. What was more interesting was the information that he was watching. He said, "I didn't see things like more entertainment type of shows right. or soap operas. It seemed like most things were educational." Yes, but the land had changed as a result of um, global warming and other probably natural mm -hmm. disasters or earth changes. Mm -hmm. um, there was not, uh, there was no money system. I don't think that happens till later. Are you sure? Yeah, that one comes in later. Oh, I'm that's when sure. he, okay. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely geological changes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that is when they're talking about when he's talking about third world war yes this is when he was he mentions that the third world war he learns about it that right. it has happened um and at this time in 2137 he says that the population on the planet is only 300 million yeah and what is it right now like seven point something billion yeah and this is 117 years from now so from 2137 al you know, spends time in the hospital. He's watching shows. He's he's he is then, and I don't exactly remember how this happens, but he transports then from twenty one thirty seven without his brother Duncan to twenty seven forty nine, the year twenty seven forty nine. He spends, I think, four years, two years, years. forty nine to fifty one, two years. Okay, yeah. so he spends two years there. Not in a hospital. He's like working and um, he actually meets other sailors that jumped overboard. Yeah. In the future. Which is, wild. that's crazy right there. Yeah. I was Especially like, like that time, you know, because you're not picking, you're not, this isn't Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure where you're picking where you're right. going. These sailors are just being transported to wherever. So yeah. why? One of them was like a tour guide um, mm -hmm. that he met. Uh, and became really good friends with and was a sailor that jumped over. Yeah. He talks a lot about the cities and the world at that time in 2749. We go from a population now of about 6 billion people, 6 to 7 billion people, and there there's no more than 500 million mm -hmm. 
they can't people. get above that. Yeah, they don't go above five hundred million people.、Mm-hmm. There are floating cities about two miles high in the city. They've learned.、Uh, So you still have ground city, city on the ground, but、yeah. there's also floating cities. They've they've mastered and learned. Yeah, anti gravity. Anti gravity.、Um, there is no cash or credit type of system. It's more based on everything is provided for you, but you're expected to contribute to your sort of general community、mm-hmm. uh, where you live. Yeah, you can choose to live out in the boonies. But then you're on your own as far as survival, and things are not readily available for free. Yeah, you have to kind of go get them, hunt them the old way. Take care of yourself. Yeah. yeah, or you can do it this way. There is no government per se. Government and banks have all been sort of reduced down to、um, a lot smaller roles in the society and how they function. There is, I guess, sort of like a one world. Law. Yeah, it seemed like that. It's、uh, more of a one-world law, but, yeah. But the cities sort of maintain their own,、mm-hmm. and that was kind of the impression I got from that. Yeah,、um, they also he said that there at that time it's everything's completely run on computers.、Mm-hmm. Everything, including if you break the law, yeah,、uh, the, the the computers determine your fate.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's art- completely artificial intelligence. But he's there, organic based. Yes, talks a- about crystals.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's organic based artificial intelligence. And he said there's very little abuse of the system. It's、yeah. not like what would happen if we try to do that now. And、right. that kind of makes me sad. Like I wish. I, I mean, I'm sure I'll live during this time period, but I was hoping to see that kind of happen sooner, where we didn't rely so much on money that. You know, because there's plenty of things to go around, plenty of food, plenty、right. of everything. I I love this idea of not having to deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah,、just、hoping to see it sooner. <laughs> yeah, and just when he was talking about、um, some of the geography, yeah, in this time,、uh, he says that Florida doesn't exist. Yeah,、uh, most of New York is、um, underwater, I believe. The United States is just yeah. He says、trash. that the Great Lakes turn、Definitely. into one Great Lake. The Mississippi becomes much broader, yeah,、uh, a waterway,、mm-hmm. and a good chunk of like San Andreas Fault near that part of California, and little bits of Washington and some of Oregon.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Gulf of Mexico, it like Corpus Christi, all that, and he says this is looks more like. He goes, I don't see an upheaval of land. Right. It's more. I get the impression it's more from the global warming, from water rising.、Right. What you're talking about is actually not at this time. It's at twenty one thirty seven that he saw all that. By that time, we have all of that that land change. At yes, this yes, point, yes. everything、right. for the most part is vertical. So there isn't really a United States. There's no United States. There's. It's very different. He couldn't even really describe it because it, the cities are not horizontal now. They're vertical, like you said, two miles into the air. Right, but there was still ground. Yes, but it, this is but this was, was minimal. Yeah, but、oh, this、okay. stuff is、gotcha. way done. Yeah, that's that's way done.、Um, let's <clears throat> see what else did he say about then. Like、uh, you had mentioned that a job wasn't demanded of you, that you could just do whatever you wanted, but they wanted you to give back. They wanted you to contribute to society, and you were expected to. Yeah, you know, 
Um, let's see what else. I think you hit pretty much everything else on the list here that I had. Um, and one of the things that we listened to, they talked about what happens between 2137 and 2749. And he honestly just says, I don't know. You know, we didn't really, I didn't really look into it. We didn't really talk about it. And he's very honest about, I remember this. I don't remember that, you know, because your memory is never going to remember a hundred percent of this stuff. Right. And his, his, I don't know if you, if you knew this, but his memory was actually triggered by watching the movie when it came out. I wrote that somewhere. Oh, I can imagine. Um, let's see. Where did yeah, I Because he did that? say some things have come, memories have come back to him. Right. In yes. the process. Well, it's still not over because it like he now goes back to 2137 yes. to the hospital to get his brother. He somehow shared that you've got to get back. Yeah. And they've created a uh, I can't remember what he said exactly, but it was like you've created this virtual time lapse thing. And until it's complete. It won't go back in place yeah, kind of thing. So you right. and your brother have to be there. Yeah, you have to go back. When it's closed. So they go – now they go from – he goes from 2749 to meet his brother back in the hospital in 2137. Mm. Then they go to 1983. Yeah. So they're going 40 years ahead of the elder, the Philadelphia experiment. Mm-hmm. Where they now see an older Van Newman. Mm-hmm. And he explains to them why it's important they're both there. They have to both be there. They got to shut this thing down. This time they give them radiation suits because the reason they were in the hospital to begin with yeah. in 2137 is because of the massive radiation they were exposed to in hyperspace. Yeah. So, give them the radiation suits. They do this. They're back on the Eldridge. Um, uh, he kind of gets into it a little bit because he said, you know, weren't they kind of freaking out on you? Like you come back, you didn't have this suit on when you were here. <laughs> yeah, you would think. You know, because I think they only vanished for 20 minutes, according to them. No, this one's four hours. Yeah, this one was four hours. So you weren't here four hours ago with that suit on. Now <laughs> yeah. you have the suit on. And he was gone for like years. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I took the helmet off and I think that didn't draw as much of attention until later when they saw the actual suit. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it was, they make it safely back on there. I think he said that he could see Duncan doing this phasing in and out. Yeah. Thing the, too. They still, the, I think at that point, the sailors were, they were phasing in and out still. So they shut, they power it off. And right as they power it off before the vortex closes, Duncan jumps back. Yeah. Back off overboard. Yeah. In the movie... They're portraying Duncan as falling in love with some woman in the future. Yeah. And when he leaves to go back to close the vortex, the hole or whatever, mm. the portal, he's he, he's so bummed out. Yeah. They've only known each other for like five hours, yeah. have you? Yeah. And she's, you know, <laughs> go. they're just going through hell together. Anyways, they fall in love. And so this is why in the movie they say Duncan jumps back over. Yeah. But it also would explain why there was only one radiation suit right. found on the ship. Yeah. When they both were sent back in radiation suits. Yeah. There was only one left. Yeah. Um, he stayed in this, uh, I wrote this down in some of the notes too, Montauk. 
uh-huh. is where he was stationed after Philadelphia Experiment. There's a whole Montauk one of these too, I think. Yes. I, I, yeah, I don't know anything about it. But. So he's stationed there for about two years. No, wait, 44. Yeah, he left in 44. So he was stationed there for about a year. Mm-hmm. He asked the because uh, he was being held like basically in quarantine yeah. and away from anybody that he could talk to. Yeah. But he spoke to Van Newman. He said, is there any way that I can at least marry my girlfriend? Um, I think back then that was important. If yeah. If you were never going to see For somebody sure. again, possibly, you know, you're making an honest woman out yeah. of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure totally. She's making an honest man out of me. Yeah. Let's get married. We'll never see each other again. Exactly. Makes sense. So he requested this. And because Van Newman was head of the experiment, he was able to pull some strings and make this possible. Mm-hmm. So he gets married. I don't know if she stayed with them, but they stayed on this base for about a year. Um, in the movie, they'll show this is where where Al and Duncan land on this base. Uh-huh. Through, right. They end up there and through time travel. Yeah. This is the base that they're referring to as Montauk. He stays there for... Uh, and he, for a year, they leave and go to Los Alamos military installation. I don't know exactly uh, the states that these were in um, off the top of my head, just saying the names he was giving. So that's where, for the first time since 1943, they put this suit out on a table and ask him where this suit came from, this radiation suit. Mm-hmm. He said, ultimately, they he wasn't even interrogated after the whole experiment, I think maybe they thought they were all just like yeah. maybe not even themselves anymore. So yeah. they didn't know whether to share or talk. Mm. But he said, I was kind of just slept in quarantine for like that year um, until they brought me to Los Alamos. And that's the first time I saw that suit since I was on the Eldridge. Yeah. And so he had to explain to them where he got the suit, where yeah. he'd been. And they kind of, Van Newman just sort of chuckled it off. I think maybe it's like, uh, you've been stuck in the yeah. hyperspace a little too yeah, long. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, it's it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And they, again, asked him, well, where's where's the second suit? Right. I'm, maybe they're figuring Duncan, because he said Duncan jumped off yeah. with me. So maybe they thought oh, he just didn't land where you landed. Right. But he said he was with me. Yeah. For a good portion over. of it. Yeah. You know, so. Um. He did mention, uh, Al mentioned that they definitely tried to repress his memories in the Navy. Oh, and yeah. that, um, he, what else? He used a specific word. Um, he claimed that he was a part of the crew and that the Navy brainwashed them. The, okay. So, yeah, he, that the Navy brainwashed them all is what I wrote. And that makes a lot of sense because, you know, they have to get rid of it somehow. They're not going to use a little black flashy thing like in Men in Black 2, right. you know, or no. all the Men in Blacks. But yeah, they're not <laughs> going to do that. So they have to find a way to like brainwash you. And so he said that, that, you know, he kind of forgot. He forgot about all of it. And then when he went to see this movie in 1984, he started having, like it started triggering memories. Wow. And from there is when he started talking about it. And he was very outspoken. He did a couple, there were a couple of documentaries. Um, Let me see. I wrote them down if anybody wants to watch them. Uh, Project Montauk and the Time Travel Chronicles is one of them. And then, 
Surviving Montauk and the Philadelphia Experiment. Those are two movies that Al Bielik was in about his experiences. Because I don't know about the the Montauk pro, uh, project Montauk, but I believe that has something to do with aliens. We'll have to look into that more. Mm-hmm. But he was involved with that as well. So, well, he said that they definitely with some of these guys that they were especially getting from World War Two that. And I've seen different documentaries about that. Right. You know, we talk about Hitler and um, the, I can never remember that gentleman's name, the scientists for NASA. Right. They were working on uh, something that was called the Bell in Germany that was like a UFO. Yeah. They were learning how to create this thing. They had it tied to by chains to these, uh, like a sort of octagon-shaped columns of concrete. Yeah. So it would keep it from flying completely away, but it could let him hover uh-huh. a little bit to learn how to, to operate it. Yeah. Those columns are still there. Yeah. The, the bells, nobody knows where that's at, but there's diagrams, drawings, you know, from history. Mm-hmm. So he even shared that this was technology that came from elsewhere. Right. That they were sort of reverse engineering, trying to figure out. And I believe Newman, Van Newman knew the same thing. Yeah. Tesla. I think Tesla is just one of those guys. I don't really think it took him to look at something that had come from a different world. No. And um, reverse engineer it. I think Tesla could sort of meditate himself into a place Mm -hmm. where he could see it all. He could see they would essentially the energy, whether it's the other side or the universe, he's tapping into the directly to the information. That is the same thing I believe Albert Einstein did. Yes. There's a lot of movies we should even, or not movies, but like home videos. Mm -hmm. We should even maybe do an Albert Einstein, maybe even combine them into one episode. But you, there's videos of Albert Einstein sitting there doing mathematical equations or whatever he was doing. And you can see it in his eyes that he's connected to something else and he's just going and going. And I'll tell you, when you're connected to that source, like I can sit and write and just write and write and write. And they'll keep filling me as long as I'm listening and doing what I'm supposed to do. And that you can see Einstein doing that. And I truly believe that Tesla could as well. He just kind of channeled it in a different way. Yeah. Um, we watched something on Einstein, too, that said that his brain was different when they right. um, autopsied his brain. It was different. Very smart. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, something that's interesting in and this could, you know, fit into a Tesla episode, but because he's the man the government went to to say, if anybody can help us do this, it's this guy. Right. I mean, he figured out how to make free energy. Yeah. Why couldn't he figure this out? Right. And so. But the end of Tesla's life, they destroyed all of his documents. And I don't know if that was because they didn't want him going somewhere else with this information about what they were doing. Yeah. Or it went so horribly wrong. Yeah. They just never wanted it to be be reproduced ever again. Right. Maybe they were angry that he walked out on them. Right. Because said, I don't want to expose... 30 lives to something right off the bat. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure he was threatened after that, too. I mean, his life went completely downhill. Right. And from what I understand, he died poor and miserable and alone. Um, so, you know, you get the government and the military involved in your life and you don't do what they, you know, they're It'd be real easy to, to paint somebody in that yeah. in that kind of vein, that picture. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And to just destroy them. Yeah. And then you look at guys like Edison... You know, who were all about the money 
Yeah. And the power and the lives didn't matter to him no. as much. So, you know, it's just I admire Tesla for not doing that. I admire I for him him for walking away and saying, "Hey man, I don't I'm not comfortable with this." Right. He didn't he didn't say it like that though. He sabotaged it. He did. He, he made he made it, it not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be- and that was smart though because yeah. if he, he if he would have just, you know, said, I'm not doing this anymore, right. the government probably would have messed no, with him No, you made a very more. good point. He didn't verbally say it to yeah. them. He sabotaged And then and Van, went, Newman, oh, well, Van Newman came ahead. in and figured out what was sabotaged. Right. So that's probably how they knew it was sabotaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And gave the government a right to go now go, how right. dare you sabotage us? Yeah. Um, but rightfully so. I mean, he was trying to make sure that innocent people, you know, yeah. And uninformed people. Right. Because none of these sailors were told. No. They were just stand told to stand out there on the deck and, and watch. And they will be asked and interviewed later as to what they saw. Yeah, I think they believed that this invi- invisibility that they were talking about was strictly radar. They didn't lead on to the fact that the whole thing was supposed to disappear. That was the plan. Yeah. The military. This wasn't a story where the military went, oh. The ship right. disappeared. No, that's what they wanted for it to happen, right. you know? And no, they didn't tell these guys that. No. And that's, well. But they were exposed to so much. Not, you know, yeah. got the, the the radiation of hyperspace, but then they're using massive coils with magnets. Right. That kind of stuff going on there, too. I mean, I don't know if that thing causes radiation, but I was like, whoa. Right. Uh, my feeling on it, too, with Tesla is that he didn't feel like we needed to be messing around with this type of technology. And that was another reason why he was just like, I'm out, you know, because yeah. once you start to see what can happen, it sounds great at the time. Yeah. But then you start to think about it and it's like, wow, maybe we're not ready for this yet. I think if they would have said, hey, you know what? You're right. Let's not put one man on this ship until we know it works absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Because not only were they planning to do this with just one ship, they wanted to be able to do this with a fleet of ships yeah. and also submarines. Yeah. So they wanted to be able to roll into any place virtually unseen and attack people. Right. So I have to believe, because of this story, because I do believe this story, that time travel is real. Oh, yeah. And if time travel is real in 1943, it's it, who knows what's going on. The whole theory of Tesla's design was based on Einstein's theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and Einstein's theory about this is that it is yeah, possible. Yeah, it is possible. Yeah. And he showed us it's possible. He just wanted to do it his way safely. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. Nope. I'm astounded that, you know, some things as a skeptical mind first, you know, with Al gets brought up like, you know, Al, how come he didn't get cancer? You know, right. like, like a lot of these guys, who knows? Yeah. Some people do. Some people don't. Right. I can't explain genetics. Maybe him jumping in to that vortex and getting out of there. Right. Um, Or jumping overboard. And then into this wormhole. Right. Maybe that helped get him out of there. He might have still been exposed to some, but maybe not as much. Well, something that you're maybe not thinking about, too, is that he did go to 27. No, sorry. 2137 where he was in the hospital. Yes. So they could have done some stuff on him that healed him for any, you know, damage that might show up in the future. You do bring up a good point because he said 
not much really not much really visibly looked a lot different in 2137 he said but the medicine was extremely different and yes. the doctors even sort of joked that oh we have we have abandoned the 20th century type of medicine that you're probably used to right exactly so that could have been what happened you know everybody's body's different and seeing the videos and pictures of him, he looked like he took care of himself and he was very in shape, according to what I read. What, I mean, it went into the Navy, you know. Right. So he, there's a lot of reasons why he lived as long as he did, I'm sure. Yeah. Doesn't mean it didn't happen to him, you no. know. Um, oh, no, I believe him. Yeah. I, I totally believe see. him. And it's yeah. like the more that we kind of these things are happening in our world and and we're realizing how the government doesn't want us to know things until they think we should know things. Right. You know, right. so I, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. It intrigues me. Yes. But not so much the experiment. I think that part's a, rather sad. It's amazing that we can do this. And I think that it just goes to show if we open our minds, we could just about do just about anything. I believe it. Mm-hmm. But his story in particular is so fascinating. Yeah, it is. And um, again, he's, it's hard not to believe because I've seen more than one yeah. interview and he's he's on it. Yeah. You know, you he just remembers it. All kinds of interviews with him on YouTube. Al Bielik is his name. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more, that would be a good place to look. Um, he's very, very articulate. And his memory is pretty good. Yeah, he's his easy to hear. Are, yeah. I mean, the the quality of the recordings aren't super great. They're, you know, 20 years ago, yeah. 30 years ago. But <clears throat> but you you can totally understand him. And yeah. he's easy to follow. And he's very informational about the whole thing. It's yeah. just like, wow. Something happens to me when I listen to BS. I start to get nervous. Um, I feel different things. Um it's like a human lie detector a little bit. That's your instinct, yeah. Right. The longer that I listen to somebody talk, the worse it gets. With Al, I didn't feel that. No. If he was making this up, I would have felt that I have no doubt. Right. Can't get past that lie detector. It's genuine. After all the stuff I've listened to, yeah. like three hours worth of stuff, you know? Right. No, it's truly yeah. genuine. I believe it. He really is. Yep. Well, that was cool. Yeah. Thanks. I'm glad we did that one. Yeah, that was a lot of research, but I have fun doing it with you. We, we learned a lot. Yeah. yeah, we need to do one about Tesla. Yes, because that's that's uh, just a part, you know, of of how genius this guy is, and I'm sort of proud of him that that yeah, sucks. He kind of went out the way he went out, but I'm I'm proud of him that he didn't didn't take that way. Right. You know. Yeah. He, he was trying to do good for humanity. He was, and I think his connection, whether he realized that it was to the universe or whatever, it made him feel something deeper, you know, yeah. and it made him like that. He just couldn't, he couldn't do that. He was a good guy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing the research on that for sure, because I the don't next, really know anything about him. Yeah, I mean, the next time somebody like him, or if he's reincarnated into another life or whatever it is, the next time a genius like that comes around, we should listen to him. I think so, yeah. They could help us a lot. Yeah. So I listen to science. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome blossom. Well, before we say goodbye, did you want to share your page real fast? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, My website is samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. You can find everything about us or about me, how to set up an appointment, all the good stuff on that website. Beautiful. Yeah. And for me, uh, djonesartcollection.com for the web, at djonesartcollection for 
Facebook, uh, excuse me, Facebook and Instagram, and gypsybrown.com for the music, at gypsybrownmusic for Instagram, and at gypsybrownband for Facebook. That's it for me. Yay. Well, we hope you guys got something out of this. I, I'm super into, like, mm-hmm. stories like this yeah. that just are too hard to walk away from and yeah. say that's a bunch of baloney. But For sure. We hope you got something out of it. Yep. I loved it. I did too. And we hope you have a great week. Until next week. Peace and love.